you nailed it in saying, hey, the avatar of the person that's attracted to the class also happens to be the person that's fallen prey to diet culture in the yeah. sense that carbs equal bad. Do you want to keep going to these classes and potentially see an additional benefit from them? Yes, cool, let's try eating more carbs. For me, it's such a big win when I have a client walk out of a class like that and they're like, wow, like now that I'm eating more, this workout feels even better. And it's like this light bulb goes off in their head and, and that's that's just something that I love as a coach. Yeah, 100%, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and along the lines of like nine, 0.5, 10 out of 10 times, dare I say, that I can convince a client to at least begin to have a little less days of the high intensity classes, a little bit more days of some strict strength training. They tend to come to the realization on their own mm -hmm. of how much better they do feel because they see strength increasing, they see energy increasing, they see better sleep at night, all these biofeedback things that are now improving that they never realized that going five days a week to these high intensity classes could possibly be actually making them feel worse, right? Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What is up, Fix listeners? Welcome back to our latest episode of the Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Huber, and today we are back with a guest. It's been a minute since we've had a fellow guest on the show, and I'm very excited for this one. My friend Mallory, who is right out of Charlotte, North Carolina. So we talk a little bit about that, and I reminisce on my days that I was living there. I know there are a few of you who listen to this podcast who live in that area, so you definitely want to make sure that you go give her a follow and take her up on some of her coffee and restaurant recommendations too at the beginning and end of this episode. But here is what we get into in this conversation. And I think it is very important for so many of you listeners out there. This is an episode you need to listen to if you want to figure out where group fitness fits into your life and fits into your fitness goals and fits into your routine, but really, really harping on the last thing of where it fits into your goals. There's a lot of, let's call it controversy and different camps, if you will, around whether group fitness is the best sort of workout. The answer for us nutrition coaches that we love to hang our hats on is it depends because it truly does depend on the person and it really depends on one, what kind of timeline you are setting for yourself and where you would like to go, but two, the idea and the vision you have in your head for what you want to look like. And we have to acknowledge the fact that not every fitness goal is purely related to aesthetics. But I think it is for most people, right? A lot of us, so many of our clients inside of the Fitness Fix program come to our coaching staff with goals that require them to literally change the shape of their body. They want body recomposition. They want to lose weight. More specifically, they want to lose body fat. And I'm a group fitness instructor myself. I was a, let's call it a group fitness junkie for a very long time to the point where those were the only types of workouts I was comfortable doing and willing to do, even with having a personal training certification and technically, quote unquote, knowing what I should do inside of the gym. I still gravitated for towards the support of a community and the social aspect and having that structure and accountability to have to report to a class that I signed up for at a specific time. So lots of pluses, maybe a few minuses, depending on what you desire to accomplish. But we break that all down by sprinkling in a lot of the science to help educate you and help you understand how to make the best decision for you. And of course, if this leaves you feeling like you have more questions or you're confused and you wanna break this down a little bit more, that's the value in working with a coach. That's the value in talking to somebody who has made it their life's mission to figure out what type of fitness makes sense for you. You have so many other things to worry about in your day. You have so many other things that are occupying your attention. Half the reason you go to a group fitness class, if I'm talking to those of you who do, is because you don't want to think about it. I can't be I would be totally lying to you if I said that, hey, in working on your nutrition, there's nothing to think about. As you know, if you're a longtime listener of the show, there are lots of things to think about. But what does help in working with a coach is creating a new lens to look at these things and really coming up with a way to evaluate based on how your body responds to what works for you 
but overall still keeping it fun, keeping it something that you look forward to because the best plan as Mallory and I share in this chat is the one that you can stick to. The best fitness routine is the one you can stick to. The best approach to your diet is one that you can stick to. And that's totally aligned with the fitness fix. So check this one out. If you like it, please share it with a friend and really looking forward to hearing your guys' feedback on this one. We had a bunch of questions roll through in prepping for this conversation. We did our best to hit on all of them, but you know where to find us if you want to follow up and learn a little bit more. Our door is always open and let's get right into the episode and welcome Mallory. Mallory, welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. So excited for this conversation. I think it's gonna bring a ton of value to all of The Fix listeners out there and I just can't wait for them to get to know you throughout this chat. But to kick things off like we always do, it's been a minute since we've had a guest actually. Everybody's been stuck with me and my voice for the last few weeks, so we're changing it up. And with that, I wanna know, what is your go-to coffee order? I'm a big caffeine girl, so I always ask my guests this. Yes. Okay. Love it. Well, I'm glad to bring a little bit of maybe new energy to the podcast, add a little bit of like of that guest feel again, but I'm going to be super basic with probably my coffee. That's all right. Most of our Uh, fitness guests are pretty basic with this, with this one. Well, I guess basic in terms of like the girl who likes the elaborate, whatever coffee order, but I'm very much on a latte kick lately. I used to not be a caffeine, like coffee percent all, but it's progressively gotten more bougie, I guess, which is not good for my wallet, but we like a good, like, (laughs) almond milk or oat milk latte with definitely a half caramel half vanilla cake lately but also if there's a good seasonal syrup I'm definitely trying that one and I have to ask a follow-up to this because you know I used to live in Charlotte and I definitely like miss some of my signature coffee shops there Charlotte's got some good coffee um so I need to know like where where do you frequent usually for your coffee I've been very into exploring the coffee shops lately. So I'm in the Noda area, which we have two summits walkable from me. Nice. So I've really liked summit, um, but not just coffee. Has I was been, hoping you would say that. It has if you been didn't, I might judge. Yeah. If you, if you didn't put that on the list, I might be like, I don't know. We might have to cut this interview off right here, but feels like so I'm cheating good. on Summit, but not just coffee, I think is is surpassing. Yeah. There's just something about like, that was my go-to and their almond milk latte. Like there's just something about the way they made it. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So if you are a Charlotte listener and you've never been to not just coffee, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you should probably go. You can listen to this podcast and walk yourself there. How about that? There you go. Perfect. Well, now that we got the coffee pleasantries out of the way, we're going to get into it. As you know, and we discussed, and some of our listeners were prepped for this because I asked for contributions to this conversation, we have a lot of group fitness friends out there, and we're going to talk about the value and role that group fitness plays inside of our fitness and nutrition journeys. But before we do that, we got to know why you're qualified to talk on this subject matter, right? So I want to know a little bit about you, introduce yourself to the listeners, and more importantly, the way I like to tee this question up is tell us who Mallory is and not just her resume and certifications and all those things, but why we should care about what you have to say today. I love this question. Um, I actually ask this similar question whenever I interview somebody, um, as far as like being a staff member or something part of my team, because I think it is so important to, you know, I don't want you to just trust me blindly. I want to earn your trust and, and know why. So, um, as far as kind of, you know, why I, I have maybe the, the right, I guess, to, to speak on this topic. So I actually used to be a group, uh, group fitness instructor, my instructor myself. Um, I worked at orange theory for about, I want to say about a year, year and a half, um, between the end of college. And when the pandemic kind of kicked off pandemic was actually that like ending point for that. Um, and so I've had some experience in the group fitness setting. I've seen, I also, you know, was somebody who went to those classes a lot myself prior to getting into health and fitness. And that is a big part of my journey and how I did get here today. And I sure, I'm sure we'll get into it. I, I do think that like these things have a place in somebody's health and fitness journey. Um, and it did in mine, but it was something that put me on the right trajectory at the time. Um, and so I've seen what it can do for somebody as the client going, I'm, I've seen what it's like on the side of being the instructor and, you know, what that looks like. Um, and so, you know, just my experience there and being able to see the ins and outs, I think is going to give a unique perspective to the conversation we're going to have today. 
Um, but just as far as why you should care, I think that a lot of the people probably listening to this podcast are me in a lot of ways and have a lot of similarities from, you know, what your, your mindset or your journey was from the beginning of really the day that you, the first day you started becoming so aware of maybe your body image and how you felt with your relationship with yourself, your body with food. Uh, because I had all of those days, you know, once upon a time as well. Um, and I went through the entire journey of hating how you felt, hating how you looked, having anxiety over food, having anxiety over social things, letting it control your life. And that was my reality for most of my college experience, a little bit of time out of my college experience. And being able to set myself on my own trajectory to learn enough about fitness, nutrition, and completely like revamp my mindset and relationship with food and myself to get to a point in life where not only do I actually think I now look and have the aesthetic that I always wanted, but what it takes to maintain that is such a healthy relationship with those things and allows me to be able to live my life. And it's like, really, I feel like I have kind of found the the unicorn that I think people feel like is impossible of having a good relationship with food, not feeling restricted, enjoying, you know, exercise, not feeling like you have to kill yourself to also feel really confident. And that's just something that's become such a priority of me being able to teach others and help others find that unicorn or thing that actually is truly possible, but takes unlearning a lot of, can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, you can. It's rated explicit. Go for it. I'm learning a lot of the diet culture bullshit that's out there um, and truly relearning what it means to have a healthy relationship with food and reach your, your aesthetic goals. And that's, you know, what my passion in life and what I think I have found my purpose in life to be and why I show up and do what I do every day. Love it. There's so many things we can run with off of that, but to kind of highlight your story and your experience and I think it would be really helpful for the listeners to hear how you went from having this restrictive mindset and really feeding into diet culture and maybe where group fitness fit into that for you and what your fitness looked like as well as your nutrition let's just kind of walk backwards and like break that down right so most of the time and I'm speaking from personal experience I know the reason that I got into group fitness was because I was a participant And that was a big reason why I kind of made the jump over to instructing and still do it today. And I'm going to talk through, I I really thought a lot about how I want to have this conversation too as somebody who teaches group fitness and not to say that I don't believe in what I'm teaching, but to really think about programming and all that sort of stuff. And we can dive deep into that too. But I think for you personally, and just walking through your experience of being on one side versus the other end of the spectrum that everybody really, really wants to get to. Where did that start for you in terms of group fitness? Was it just like a friendly entry point? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So for me, uh, Orange Theory was a, I'd say, pivotal part of my health and fitness journey. Um, I was always somebody who had exercise as part of my life. I grew up a an athlete, a mediocre one, I would say, but still it was always part of my life. Um, and, you know, getting into the college setting and not having anybody teach you about how to train on your own. I think a lot of athletes can relate to that too. Yeah. You show up to practice, you're told what to do. Well, then what happens when you're, you're no longer an athlete, you, you know, exercise is important, but like, it's hard to know what to do besides go get on the treadmill. So group fitness really easily found itself in my life because it's it's easy. And these are one of the pros I do think to group fitness of showing up and having someone lead you through these things and tell you what to do. Also the social aspect of a lot of these, my friends were going, it was kind of a no brainer of I'm going to go do this with my friends. So it did quickly become a part of my life. Um, and became a consistent routine and that definitely was not an aspect of me having a negative relationship with, working out or food. But as I did begin to build to repair my relationship with these things, part of that was learning and understanding what it takes from a nutrition and exercise perspective to reach the aesthetic goals and metabolism goals, and even just mindset goals that I was striving for and wanting to be the person that I wanted to be. And through so much research and through, you know, just divulging myself into like the science of, of training and of nutrition, 
it became very apparent that things like cardio weren't going to build the toned physique that I was after. Right. And, you know, these strength quote unquote sessions with very minimal rest periods and no progressive overload weren't the key to actually building lean muscle and increasing my metabolism and allowing me to get to a place where I could maintain my weight on an adequate amount of calories. And I didn't have to starve myself and learning that, you know, these more endurance based or hit based style classes were actually down regulating my metabolism over time. Like it was the research that I kind of found in learning what it took to get where I needed to be that began to show me that, okay, maybe the structure of these group fitness classes aren't in alignment with what I'm trying to achieve. And what prompted you to start to do that research? Because I think that's the big thing for so many people. Like you and I can get really nerdy around this because we care so much and it lights us up. But I also think it's worth sharing that both of us were journalism majors in college. And I know that you had an interest more so in sports journalism. So maybe a little more of a parallel to fitness than I could say I would have ever expected in my life. Like I was doing business journalism and thought I would be on CNBC. So this is quite a departure, right? But, you know, what compelled you to actually take the time to do that? Because I think so many people are just like, oh, well, my friend's going to this class, so I'm going to go too. And like, that's it. Well, it was honestly spending months and months and months of showing up at 6, 7 a.m. and grinding, doing the all outs, doing it all and not seeing the change that I was wanting to and being very frustrated. And I, I know as a coach, like I talk to so many people who are just so confused of why am I working so hard and not seeing the payout that I think I should be for the effort I'm putting in. And that's how I felt too. And I was like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So it got to a point where I was like, okay, what I'm doing is not working. So let me figure out why. And I think that that kind of prompted that. I mean, alongside the fact that I quickly realized that sports journalism was not the route I wanted to go. And I <laughs> loved getting in the library and reading about this stuff. So I'm just a nerd on this stuff. Um, but I think, you know, just getting very frustrated and feeling like you're stuck in that plateau point. And also knowing though, that I loved I loved health and fitness. And so for me, the answer was never like, I'm just going to give up. It was, let me figure this out. Yeah. And I think that's a great point of what you just said about let not giving up on it and saying, okay, is there something that's disconnected here? And I think that's where a lot of people don't necessarily take the step back because they're like, oh, well, th the comparison game creeps in, right? And they look at other people who are in the classes with them and they're like, well, that person has the body that I desire. Or they could even look at the instructor and say the same exact thing, right? And this is something that I personally have really, really shifted in my own narrative in the last three years because the biggest thing that I didn't understand that is now a massive pillar of the Fitness Fix program is stress management. And it doesn't matter what type of boutique fitness we talk about. We don't even have to like call a single one of them out. There is not one that doesn't really promote this like overdrive of your system and people don't understand that the individual they're comparing themselves to might have gotten eight plus hours of sleep last night, might not have a job that's super demanding that they can leave at the door every time they walk in, and maybe they happen to be nourishing their body accordingly. So where for you, like, I don't know if that kind of brings anything up for you in terms of stress and that sort of thing, but for me, that backfired on me completely. Like I was doing extremely high intensity workouts and they worked when I was 22 because the only thing I cared about was like, okay, like I have, a, I had a pretty demanding fitness job, like, but that also helped me because I was moving my body all the time and I could really kind of get away with eating a lot more calories or maybe even some foods that weren't as nutritionally valuable, right? But then all of a sudden things started to shift in my personal life where that wasn't going to cut it anymore. And the first one started with being in fitness and not getting enough sleep because my alarm was going off at 4 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. This is actually a point I'm very glad you brought up and I really want to, to talk about because I think people don't realize that the type of training you're going to pick for 
for you, it matters on several things. It definitely, definitely matters on the goal you want to achieve. And you have to kind of match the stimulus you're sending to what that signal is going to send to your body. But another thing you really have to take into consideration is where are you at physiologically, your biofeedback in your life. And unfortunately, one of the things about, I think these classes is that they attract the exact individual that I think is very wrong for them, which is going to be somebody who is dealing with a lot of stress in their life, not sleeping a lot. Um, it's It tends to be the, you know, very busy mom who's getting the six hours of sleep or the, you know, young girl who's calorie restricting and they're attracted to these fitness classes because it's a, you know, it takes away the, the like guesswork for themselves, right? It's mindless, show up, get it done, which is great. Those are all positive aspects, I think, of these things. But I've just seen the the typical avatar that walks into these classes is your like low sleep, under-recovered, high stress um, person who's also restricting calories. And then you throw now this high intensity interval class, very little rest periods that's not it's not promoting the the signal that we we want to send and you're really just burning the candles now at both ends and i think to just i guess elaborate here to get a little sciency like so people can understand of, of what's happening is you're now telling your body essentially to get better at using the like less calories that you're you're giving it if you're if you're under eating and now you're doing cardio telling it like hey I need you to get better at this cardio I need you to be able to go longer go harder but you're only feeding me this so let me kind of down regulate some some other things here so that I can manage to to do this and then your your metabolism gets slower and we see just this all this kind of havoc beginning to reach thyroid begins to have issues cortisol is extremely high and it only continues to elevate these things. So while I think these classes definitely have merit and value, the individual that it tends to attract, it's only perpetuating a lot of the problems that we're already seeing. Yeah. And I think the other thing that is just so interesting about it, right, is one, to piggyback off of what you just said about like demanding certain things of your body the way I always explain it to clients is like we have to look at this other information because we're essentially taking something that is already on fire and pouring gasoline on top of it like does that sound like a good idea when we put it in that context absolutely not but there are so many benefits like you were saying around having somebody else tell you what to do. The thing I always get back from clients is like, well, I just don't want to think about it. Me neither. Somebody else writes my own workouts too. Like I completely agree with you. That's why I also have a coach, right? But then it's like you take this demand that you're trying to put on your system and people don't understand how resilient the body actually is and the fact that it is chasing homeostasis all the time. Like it wants to find that set point and it will do whatever it takes to get back there, which includes not performing at the level that you want to be because it has so much stress that it's dealing with. And like I think the biggest thing that people don't understand when it comes to this is like, saying that your fitness is a form of stress relief is like a scientifically untrue statement. It cannot be, right? Like maybe there's a mental release that's associated with it, but on a physiological level, that's actually not how it works because it's a stimulus. It's a form of stress. Yeah. And it's, it's elevating cortisol more because that's a normal response to exercise. Cortisol should be elevated after right. exercise. I think cortisol gets a very negative connotation where it should get a negative connotation is when it's chronically elevated. It's high at times when it shouldn't be. And exercise is going to be one of those things that does elevate it. So as I was kind of just saying, and along like to end your point there is like when you take an individual who already has that elevated for other aspects of their life, again, not sleeping, high stress job, whatever that may be. And now you want to throw another form of training that's going to elevate it even more and never allow this yeah, place where, because it's going to continue to elevate that to try to get to that homeostasis. It is exactly pouring, pouring gasoline on, on the fire. And I think it's just worth noting. I think the biggest point that like maybe we can even deep dive deeper onto this, like that I, I tend to need to drive home to a lot of our clients is that I think these things are great to get you off the couch, get you started, right? Have some sort of movement. But when it comes to the actual aesthetic physical goals you're trying to reach, understanding 
that it's much more than just exercise. I talk a lot about the difference between exercise versus training and how they're different things. And it's much more about what is the blueprint that you're actually giving your body. And it's not just, it doesn't matter what it, what movement is like move. It does become important when you have more specific aesthetic goals. Yeah. And it becomes more important as you progress in your fitness journey, right? Like it's almost like a maturity thing. Like you want to think about it in the sense of anybody's listening to this and you're like, well, I've been doing any kind of group fitness for three, four or five years. One, let's go back to what you said previously. If you are unhappy with what you see in the mirror, it is literally insane to just keep doing what you're doing. This also means that you should take a look at your nutrition too, right? It does not mean like I have plenty of clients who achieve amazing results because they dial in on their nutrition and we come up with a plan that's like all right great like I want to go to take this workout x number of days a week and we do want to get into that piece of it like what's the right amount of time because I think that's really key here of how you can make this work for you if this is a non-negotiable but two I mean the maturity aspect in it and saying that like if you are what you would consider more of a beginner or maybe as many people's stories have been in the last three plus years, you went through an extensive period where when gyms were closed and even started doing things like Peloton, like I'd still call that group fitness too, right? Like, yeah, it's virtual, but it's still group fitness. If that became your MO to just move your body, that's great. But you you are almost not allowed, like this is where my tough love comes in. You are not allowed to be frustrated by an outcome that you really want when the training just doesn't match to what that's going to be. Exactly. And I think that's probably what people listening to this are going to, where they're going to have their questions is, okay, so can you explain why A doesn't equal B or, you know, whatever, two, doesn't, two plus two doesn't equal four. So if it's okay, I think getting into it. like, the science side of things. So really what's happening in a lot of, again, I, I kind of touched on this, but when you want to build lean muscle, right. And be toned, which so many of our clients, I think is your audience, mostly women. Yeah. And everyone's like, I want to, I want to be toned and they don't understand that that's code for, I want to build muscle. I think I've repeated that probably in like our last four or five episodes. Okay, great. So yeah. we'll just hammer that home. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah. So let's say we're getting toned. We're building lean muscle, right? So we want to build lean muscle. Your body does not want to just easily build lean muscle, right? It's expensive tissue. It takes a lot of calories to maintain. It's metabolically active. So if you are a underfeeding it and not giving it enough calories, it's not going to feel very prone to build lean muscle, right? But if you are also not telling it why the heck it needs to build this tissue, it's not going to do it. And going and riding a you know a bike for an hour while it's good for your cardiovascular system that's not an alignment in the goal of getting toned, right? It's not an alignment of building lean muscle. There's nothing telling it. I need you to build this tissue because you're not putting very heavy resistance against it. No, the bike pedal is not enough resistance. No, the 10 pounds that you're doing for 30 reps is not enough resistance. So you have to give it a reason to do this, which comes from lifting weights. So that's going to be step number one is we have to have that resistance in place to build this lean muscle, to have that toned look, right? And then when it comes to a lot of these group fitness classes, they are just very cardio focused and not resistance focused. And a point of pushback I get a lot to that is, well, my X class has the strength floor or no, I'm going to the strength day. But the thing then that you have to understand is it's not just as simple as lifting weights. There are different caveats to what in that is going to continue to push that needle forward to send the right stimulus to your body, which includes having long enough rest periods to actually recuperate and then go as hard, as intense, lift that heavy enough weight to actually push that that progression. And these classes, just due to the nature too of how long they are and how many people they're trying to filter through, like they're typically, I've, I've honestly, as an instructor myself and, and person going, I don't think I've ever seen higher than a 45 second rest period. So it's just not enough time to allow for that, you know, intensity to come set after set. So that's problem number one. And then problem number two is most of these classes are, they, they like to push this narrative of it's different every time. It's exciting. It's, it keeps it new. It keeps it fun, which attracts people again, for sure. I know a lot of people easily get bored, but what you again have to understand is that you, the body needs a really dang good reason of why it's going to build this lean muscle. And if you're not telling it over and over again, why it should by doing the same exercise with 
more weights or more reps or what we call progressive overload, it's not going to do it. So when we go into these classes and every day is different and you're doing bicep curls on Monday and then you don't tell it again to do bicep curls for another three weeks because it doesn't show up in the programming for another three weeks. And then chances are two, you probably use the same weight every time. It doesn't have a reason to do it. So those are just some of the reasons with, with it being just, you know, more of a cardio focused class. It's not sending the right signal. And then we don't have the ample situations from a weight training perspective to build this lean muscle, to then have that toned physique. So long story short, it's just not in alignment with that goal. Yeah. And I will say these things obviously are so top of mind for me. And as somebody who continues to teach in this environment, I'll just do a little humble brag about how I design one of my classes because I do have the flexibility to design one of them. And I was just having this conversation not even a week ago with the mostly women. There's always a handful of guys that come to this class and strength is literally in the name of it. And I really, really emphasize that like right in the intro of the class. I'm like, if you are in here because you think you're going to get really sweaty in the next 45 minutes, leave. Like that is not necessarily going to be the outcome of this workout. And one of the other pieces of this that I really, really want to reiterate here is the variety component. That was a question we actually received when I put this in my um, online community and I put it up on my Instagram story, just letting people know we were having this podcast. And so many people asked, like, should I be mixing it up? Like, is that the right thing? And I know this is coming from some bullshit that was on the internet about like muscle confusion. That's, there's no such thing. Like, <laughs> it's not going to do anything for you. And I've really tried to hammer this home with this one group in particular for this class that I teach because we do the same six to 12 exercises legit all the time. I teach this class three times a week. So sometimes I can tell when there's a newer person in class and they're only like two to three weeks in, they're like waiting for me to give a different exercise and it doesn't happen. Like we squat, we deadlift, you know, like we hit the, we, we, one of my versions of this class, we do have like mini barbells. So it's been really cool because I can actually measure their progressive overload because every week I remind them, can we put another plate on that bar? Can we put another plate on that bar? Right. And it's been amazing to see these people actually have growth from that because now there's so much buy-in because they have something else to measure. And I think that's the other challenge with it. Like I don't yes. understand, and I'm kind of jumping on two different points here, but leave the variety aside for the for a second. One of the things I don't understand is where did this idea come from that you had to be dead at the end of the workout yeah. for it or be super sweaty for it to mean that it was a successful workout? Absolutely. That's one of the biggest, I think, diet culture myths out there that I have to bust with a lot of our clients. And it I use the science and education of understanding, like, again, what we're doing, what is our intention in these workouts for them to kind of break this myth. Um, and again, if our intention is to be toned, build lean muscle, right? We have to remember that it's not about how many calories we burn. We are trying to pr put progression with strength to send, again, that signal that I just talked about to your body, which doesn't always align with being super sweaty. If we are going into our next set, not recovered, heaving, you know, not, not with our heart rate down yet, you're not going to be able to to lift as heavy as you could if you took those few minutes of rest. So we're not going to give our body the signal it needs to build that lean muscle. So I think for people understanding what the point of the, the exercise they're going to do is or what point they are trying to achieve is really important in breaking that myth to see why or maybe why not an exercise class may or may not serve you is, is crucial. And I am glad we're having this conversation because I, I do think it is worthwhile. You know, I, I tend to like bash some of these settings, I do think it is worth to pointing out that there are definitely classes and instructors out there, obviously like you, who do understand this and then do and have the ability to design their classes this way. So maybe something that would be great to talk about too is how to know if your class is in alignment with your goals is something that's actually going to serve you or is not. Um, and a couple of the things you just touched on is like, if your instructor is 
keeping exercises the same week to week is having some sort of way to track your weights. Cause that's something most of these classes are missing, right? Like you don't remember what you lifted the last time you did this movement, but if there's some method there, if your instructor is encouraging that progressive overload week to week, if you are leaving these classes feeling better and more energized than when you came in, these are all really good signs that it may be serving you. Um, but on the contrary of that, if you are being taught in these to focus on calorie burn, to see how many you know calories you burned on your Apple watch, to stay in a certain high heart rate zone for the duration of the class, those are probably some red flags that it's not ultimately going to get you where you want to be. A hundred percent. And I think to elaborate on that even further, this was another question that was asked is if you're in these settings and you're really trying to keep those goals in mind, are you better off? Let's say it's an interval based workout, right? And you have, you know, anywhere from 45 to 60 seconds to complete a certain exercise and then you move on to the next thing. Or even let's say it's like an as many rounds as possible style. I teach both. And in that case, it's like a four to seven minute block. And your goal is to get through as many rounds as you can. Are you better off? And we both know the answer to this, but I think it's worth unpacking for people. Should your focus be trying to get as many reps as possible in that interval, right? Like let's say, let's go back to that first example with the 45 second example and going lighter to get as many reps as you can. Or should you pick up a much heavier weight and slow things down, even if that means you're getting only eight to 10 reps? Yeah. I mean, for 99% of people, I would say the latter, mm -hmm. uh, especially because just I know the masses goal, right? And that's much more in alignment. I will say the tough thing about all of these conversations, though, is that the true answer to all of these is always it depends. Um, because as we talk about this, I'm coming at this all with the framework of the typical person that I see who is frustrated that they're not reaching their aesthetic goals, right? Based on these classes. But as, as I want to make clear here, like these do have and can have a place. I personally still now and then will go to them for fun. And I think it's more about understanding like how and when you're using them. So maybe this is your one class a week that you are using for your cardio. And potentially in that setting, doing the former may, may align more with the, the one intention that you're using this class for. But I think it's important to know, like, again, coming back to that point of what is my goal from these and for most people, they're using it as their three, four, five, six day a week exercise, thinking that it's the only thing that they need to do to get them to X, Y, and Z. And in that scenario, definitely in this example, you just used the latter, you know, doing those lower reps, focusing out much more on strength is going to be, I think, a better long-term. Totally. And to then bring it over to this, like as many rounds as possible sort of format that a lot of these classes run through, I say like, don't worry if you get through four rounds. Like one of the things that I always tell my clients is like, if you were able to speed through that many rounds, you did it wrong. Like in this case, right? Like what I asked of you coming into this class, I would have rather seen you only get through three, but know that you were taking like a good 30 second break and like emphasis on a minimum of 30 seconds, not just like two deep breaths and jump right back into it, right? And it is tough because there's just like a culture around it where you see everybody else moving too. And I think that's where people kind of get stuck as to like, well, what should I do here? Because I want to be motivated by the person next to me and I want to encourage them and I feed off of their energy. So maybe that also makes you go faster. Like there's just a lot happening in one of these rooms at once, right? You could have the fun lights. It could be like that club style lighting, the music's blasting. Like those are all really great things. That's what ties back to the fun element, like you said. But I think the other piece of it is like a lot of people feel like they are missing out on that community aspect or they have anxiety, not so much around going into the gym by themselves. Maybe that is a piece of it, like literally going into the weight room and not knowing like, how do I move a cable? How do I adjust, you know, different plates? Like, how do I even put plates on a barbell? I had a client ask me that question yesterday and I do have the luxury of a little bit of a hybrid model. So some of our clients, if they want to go into a nutrition program with us, I'll personal train them for a couple weeks until they 
they feel confident to be able to do this on their own and then kind of like rip the bandaid off a little bit, right? But what advice would you have for somebody who is really afraid to either like one, miss that social hour because that is a stress reliever for them in some way too. Like it's a chance to bond with other people and or they just are really nervous to walk into the gym on their own if they even do have a plan. Like I have clients who say that to me, even if I hand them a plan. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, first of all, I think that that's such a cool model to be able to kind of have that, that, you know, welcoming somebody into it, kind of making them comfortable before going. But yeah, I mean, the social aspect will start there is, is definitely something I hear from a a lot of clients. And I always say that there is absolutely a, a mental health component to your physical health and making sure that you are enjoying what you're doing is, is important. You know, there's always going to be the, Hey, what's the most ideal thing you could do for actually getting results. But then you have to find that balance between, but what will I actually enjoy and do and go do? Cause this could be the perfect plan, but it's not going to be perfect for you if you're not going to go do it. So we have to kind of find that balance. And I think part of that is just knowing and understanding the actual truth and science behind it. And then being able to accept what that means the outcome is going to be. If you choose to do a little less of your own strength training and a little bit more group fitness class, because that's what makes you happier, that's great. But you just need to understand what that's going to mean for the actual outcome. And I always kind of say to people, be able to match your actions to your perceptions. Um, so my advice though, if we need to strike and find that balance is keep that one to two times a week group fitness in there. Keep that as your fun free day. Keep that as your social hour. See how your body feels. Make sure you're always in check of like, am I on top of my nutrition in, in a place that's going to help me recover from these more intense workouts? Or do I just need to show up to those classes and like go 70% of what I could do and make that just be more of my social hour? Um, a lot of our clients who ask to keep group fitness in we have found a really good balance to be if they can train four to five times a week. I like a good one to two classes per week and then a good ideally three days in the, from a strength perspective in the gym where we can do three full body days. We can make sure we're getting all of our compound lifts in. We can make sure we're taking proper rest periods and focusing on progressive overload. And those three days being our main, you know, muscle building, that's what we're focused on approach. And then that one to two days of group fitness can maybe be a little bit of cardio, a little bit more accessory movements, a little bit more volume um, to be able to hit those smaller muscle groups um, that we maybe don't have time for while focusing on only three days of training. So that's what I have found to be a really good balance and how to fit it in if, if really just the social aspect is the big thing for you. Now, from a, you know, gym intimidation or being, being afraid to get in there and just needing somebody to kind of be there and show you the ropes. This is where I do think spending a little bit of time at the beginning of your fitness journey in a group fitness setting, or if you can, you know, make it happen, a personal training setting to have that one-on-one. -on -one. But I do think a lot of these group fitness classes, they teach you the basics and there is going to be a point where you just have to have that confidence to walk in and kind of try it on your own. Um, and that's not to take away the fact that it's, it is scary. And I've been there too. And I, you know, don't want to act like it's not a big deal because it is, and it can be, but the only way to really overcome that is to, I think, prove to yourself that it is okay. Um, and maybe that's going with a friend to the gym and making it like a mini, you know, group fitness class for a period of time or, um, having that support system or doing it in at your home first, you know, start by just getting some dumbbells and doing the same movements that you would in the gym at your home. Do you feel confident? Um, those I think are some tips tips and tricks that I would probably say, but again, it comes back to just that understanding of like actions versus perceptions and knowing if you want to take it to that next step and you're not doing the things that would actually get you there. The reality is there's really only, you know, one choice to be had. You accept staying where you are and continuing doing the things you you're doing, or as they say, change requires change and something's got to change. And I want to underscore what you mentioned, Mallory, around the preference side of this, right? And understanding that we can put together the perfect plan, but if you don't show up and do it, then it doesn't mean shit, right? Like, it's not the perfect plan. And that's really important for anybody listening to this. Like, we don't want you to have the takeaway that if you're that five-day-a-week in-group fitness kind of person that you need to wake up tomorrow and completely revamp your schedule, right? Like, I completely align with what you mentioned around a split where it's kind of like, okay, can we walk back 
some of our group fitness and take it from that five days a week to three. And that way you still feel comfortable because you have that element of your routine. There's the accountability aspect of it too, which you touched on and just saying like, hey, why not go to the gym with a friend? I think for a lot of our clients and we really have it's focused inside of the fitness fix, there's the accountability piece of like having to check the box to sign up for the class and then therefore put it on their calendar, right? I'm with it. I totally get it. I keep a personal trainer in my schedule for that exact reason for myself, right? So like I see the value in that too. But at the same time, we have to remember that like this doesn't have to be this complete 180 overnight. You can still start to see changes by just making a little bit of an adjustment here and there. And then you get to fill both buckets of like what actually makes you happy. At the end of the day, though, we would be remiss if we didn't bring the nutrition piece into that. So I think we should expand on what you mentioned around that typical client who might be going to their group fitness classes three days a week or whatever it is, right? How would their nutrition maybe differ? And again, we have to say it depends, but how might their nutrition differ a little bit in your experience than the person who's like, you know what, I'm cool with going into the main area of the gym, lifting, following the exact programming that my coach wants me to, taking as many breaks as possible. What kind of looks different for those two people? You know, I mean, I, there's definitely, definitely differences, but I think it's less about the differences between those two people and more about the differences for that person who's still involved in the group X you know, classes and what I see them typically skew towards and it's it's beginning to have them understand that in order to a see the results from maybe those few days they're doing in the gym but also b continue to be recovered and not you know wreak havoc on their their systems and everything from like the perspective of just how intense some of these classes could be it's beginning to show them like why they need carbs and why that needs to be a big part of their their diet as well as protein i think a lot of people know that though and that's something that Fortunately, has been a lot more, uh, I, while I still see many people under eating protein, I think many people have become more aware yeah. of that. Um, but the carb portion is where, like I said, said earlier, this avatar person that tends to t- be so tied to these classes, it, because for whatever reason, I think the community is a big aspect of it, but I do think another is, is the fear of just letting go of the cardio and what that will mean for their idea of losing body fat. If they don't have that, that's the same person who is afraid of eating carbs. And yep. when we are doing these high intense cardio workouts, the main, the main nutrient that your body is is using and wants to use for energy is, is glycogen is carbohydrates. And when you are under eating these carbohydrates, we are not recovering. We're seeing cortisol spike. We're probably seeing sleep be really bad. We're probably feeling very low energy throughout the day. Brain fog is something I've seen with a lot of people. And so if we want to continue to keep these things in, we have to make sure that we are eating enough to fuel these workouts. Um, specifically carbs is just where I really see that, that missing puzzle piece. Me too. And you nailed it in saying, hey, the avatar of the person that's attracted to the class also happens to be the person that's fallen prey to diet culture in the sense that carbs equal bad. And there's so much apprehension around that. And I think sometimes this really actually works. Like what I will posture to clients is I'll say, do you want to keep going to these classes and potentially see an additional benefit from them? Yes, cool, let's try eating more carbs. And sometimes it just takes their buy-in of us experimenting a little bit and then paying more attention to asking, how are your energy levels? How does your body feel? For me, it's such a big win when I have a client walk out of a class like that and they're like, wow, like now that I'm eating more, this workout feels even better. And it's like this light bulb goes off in their head and and that's that's just something that I love as a coach. Yeah, 100%, I, I couldn't agree more. And And along the lines of like, even just the slow transition made me moving people away from these classes or not, you know, not wanting to give it up completely. I never push for that because it is, you know, 9.5, 10 out of 10 times, dare I say, that I can convince a client to at least begin to have a little less days of the high intensity classes, a little bit more days of some strict strength training. They tend to come to the realization on their own mm-hmm. of how much better they do feel because they see strength increasing. They see energy increasing. They see like you know, better sleep at night, all these biofeedback things that are now improving that they never realized that like going five days a week to these high intensity classes could possibly be actually making them feel worse, right? Because again, like there's nothing wrong with exercising and movement. It is great for us. 
But, and so many people don't think like this could be the problem, but when you begin to try and test these other things and see how your body responds, typically it, it just, it's, it lets them do the work for me of deciding like, Hey, I, I want to move a little bit more, more towards this realm and feeling much better as I, as I make these changes. And I think so much of that comes with actually taking the time to step back and start to have more awareness of how you feel. And this is something where it's so interesting when we bring a new client into our program, and I know you track very similar biofeedback, to see that shift within the first month where you onboard them into the program and you're like, okay, great. And I just detailed this whole process over our last several episodes in talking about the phases of the fixed program. And I mentioned like, we talk about stress, we talk about sleep, we talk about sleep quality, we talk about your water intake, we talk about your digestion, we talk about your energy levels, we talk about your hunger cues. And in that first week or so, they're like, oh my God, I got to track this and this and this and this and this. But then all of a sudden by week five or six, they have so much in their own hands in terms of data and information to be empowered to make different decisions. And that's exactly what you're saying, right? It's like you give it enough time and they'll start to come around to it. And I think that's really, really cool. And I, I had to learn that myself the hard way. Like I was just so convinced that something that worked for me in the past had to work for me. But it is more so because I was comfortable there and that's all that I knew. And I felt like I needed to just be able to be continue to be comfortable in what was familiar versus just trying something new, even if that meant, hey, like this might be a little bit of a slower process on the front end, but I've never done it before. So why not try it? Like there's so much power in just being like, well, let's just do something different, even for a little bit. And I think people need to remember that like a lot of this is an experiment, which is why we have to say it depends because we have to see how your body specifically responds to whatever it is we change. I see it with macros all the time when it comes to a newer client, like expecting that we're going to change their macros really quickly. I won't even change a client's macros until they can show me that they can hit the existing ones we assigned to them, right? Like that's bare minimum. But then two... It has to change based on their output of some of this other information. I had a client just the other day. It was awesome. She sent me a message and she was like, I feel way like I'm so under recovered from my workouts. And she was purely strength training. Like she used to do a lot of classes. She kind of switched over. So I asked her for more about like what kind of strength training she was doing because she was following another program. And then she then shared with me it was six days a week. And I was like, hey, let's increase our carbs first and foremost, but can you redesign these workouts to pull back on a little bit of that volume so that we can get this done in three to four sessions and maybe split it up into something that's a little more full body? Because I don't think you need all of that. She is a very petite person. She immediately dropped two pounds. And like she didn't necessarily need to, like from an aesthetic perspective, that wasn't even why she joined my program. Like she was really in it for how she felt. And because she was really, really focused on the energy component from day one, it's very easy for her to make decisions based off of that one marker. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Sounds like also too, it's just like inflammation, her body responding. Right. Overload. So yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think like, I guess if you're somebody listening to this too, to kind of tie it back to the group fitness and you're wondering like, okay, I'm not where I want to be. Should I change things? But I'm scared to kind of let it go, you know, with that perspective of, of change. I think it's easy for a lot of us to hang on to something because, Hey, it's not getting me where I want to be, but at least it's, it's keeping me where I am. And who knows if that, that other thing is going to get me where I want to be. Well, what's the difference, right? At worst, you stay the same if you try that new thing. But at best, now we have a chance for something to train change. But if you continue doing the same thing you're going to do, it's guaranteed that it's going to stay the same, right? So, you know, the best advice I could give to someone if you're listening to this and you feel stuck and you wonder, is it the group fitness classes or is it something else? Like try changing one of those pieces and maybe it's just dropping back on it, adding a little bit more strength training and see where that gets you and then reevaluate. I mean, again, the worst thing that can happen is you stay the same, which is already kind of what you're guaranteeing. Yeah. And emphasis on change one thing. That's the other part that makes people really get confused about what is or is not going to work for them. We have all this information available to us. Sometimes if you are that really busy person, 
just for the mental capacity and like decision fatigue and really trying to get you to focus in on one component of this, but isolate that information and like isolate how your body actually responds to that. I will ask a client, I'll be like, hey, don't change your group fitness too significantly other than let's pull back on the schedule. Cause most of the time, this is the conversation with the six days a week person who's literally not giving themselves a rest day. And I think we should also give examples of what that rest day might look like. Cause that's helpful for people. But if I have that person who's like gung ho on that, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's cut this in half. But I want you to take this extra dedicated time that you are now going to have. Like I just gave you an hour back. Let's focus on meal prepping. Let's focus on planning our meals out in advance and making sure that you're actually going to hit your macro goals. Let's replace that extra hour with meaning that you're going to get to bed a little bit earlier. Because for as much as we could sit here and isolate the group fitness piece, it's all of these things together. And then people just get super, super over overwhelmed. So I think it even comes back to, do we have a system in place that can be as simple as working with a coach who has this managed inside of an app and is helping you to track it versus you just kind of like going, oh, like, well, I felt really tired this day. And then that day I didn't. And then the next I didn't. It's great when we can point back to a bunch of graphs that explain that to us to a T. Absolutely. It's like an experiment. You know, you don't want to change too many things at once. You want to have your like, what do they call it? The controlled variables. Right. Yeah. Control group and change one variable and see what that, that change is like. I wouldn't try to change a million variables at once. There are a million variables that go into it for sure. The pushback that I always get from clients when it comes to making adjustments to their schedule, they don't know what to do with themselves in that other time. And I'm all for a rest day, not meaning that you're legit sitting on the couch. That's very important to understand. But what are some of those other things that we can prioritize so that we do continue to move our body? Yeah. I mean, I think this also too stems back to just a lot of the diet culture crap um, and feeling this fear of if I'm not hitting a certain amount of calories on my Apple Watch or exercising for an hour every day, then I'm not going to get where I want to be when it just, there's so much that goes into it. But again, understanding what it means to build lean muscle, understanding that that happens when things are being rested. Um, that happens, you know, how, how building muscle works. Like you're literally tearing your muscle fibers and then it's the building back and it repairing and recovering together that actually creates this muscle. Well, it can't do that if you're always continuing to work it and tear it and break it. So we have to have these recovery days. So I just, I'm so heavily education-based because I think it breaks a lot of the myths and gives people this confidence to actually do the things that are maybe opposite of what they've always been taught. Um, but like what you can do in that time that you're off, because now that you understand you need it off, I think as you kind of mentioned, there's stuff like where, where else in your health and fitness could be improved? Is it nutrition? Is it meal prepping, grocery shopping, being more intentional with your week and what you're going to eat that week or what that's going to look like? Do you want to still do movement and just go on a hike, get some steps in, do some yoga, stretch mobility? I mean, I think guilty as charged. This is definitely me. Like I never focus on stretching and mobility. I always claim I don't have time, but like I have two rest days a week where I could take that same hour and go do that. And there's, there's, so there's always things we can improve on. And there's always things I think that we're not doing that we could be doing, but they're just different than sweating and burning a ton of calories. So we kind of write them off, but they're just as important. Yeah. And I'm with you in that same same world of being like, I should stretch more, but I don't do it. And then a lot of times I'd like blocking a really short interval on my calendar to get my workout in. But what I will say is I keep it basic and I will only hit three different movements. Like yesterday I did a leg day and I showed it to a client and she was like, that was it. I was like, what do you mean that was it? I did a leg press. I did like a heel elevated squat and then I did um, hamstring curls. And like I could have done two other machines or two other exercises, but I would have had to speed through them. And then I wouldn't have pushed myself to go as heavy as possible on each of those sets, taking like a good minute or so in between. And I saw a really funny post the other day that ties to this. And it was like kind of poking fun at people having poor gym etiquette where they're like scrolling on their phone when they're sitting on a bench or a machine and like kind of hogging it. And I loved this post because the person actually said, I applaud you for doing that if it means it was a fitness coach. If it means that you're taking your rest, like 
Could you do something other than be on your phone? Sure. But like if that's what it's going to take for you to take that rest. I've been at points where I was so, this was so unfamiliar to me. I would set a timer for my rest and I'd be like, okay, I cannot go until the full 90 seconds are up. And sometimes I would wind up being at the gym for a really long time and I had to learn how to make that adjustment. But the reason why I'm so with it now is because I saw how it literally changed the shape of my body and how cool that was. Yes, totally. Couldn't agree more. I think like as I hit on, you know, just the, hopefully I didn't get too sciencey or boring for people, but just understanding again, what is your goal? What does it mean to achieve that goal? What does it take to achieve that goal? What are we trying to accomplish? And when it comes to building lean muscle, understanding that it's not about calories burned, it's about progressively overloading. It's about going into each set and being able to um, give it your all. And that means taking rest. That means allowing ATP to regenerate. It's just, it's not about keeping your heart rate high. If you want to do that, then go run, but also understand that go running is going running. Isn't probably in alignment with the goal of building muscle. So it's just, I think like to no one's fault, because unfortunately no one teaches us this, especially as women, um, you know, you and I have went and made a career of, of figuring this out on our own, but for everybody else who it's not their career, how are they supposed to know? But that's why I am so passionate about, having people understand the why behind things, because I think that that's what ultimately leads them to deciding and having the information for themselves of back to our, our topic, right? Does group fitness serve me? Does getting in the gym serve me? Does running serve me? Because running is not wrong. Group fitness isn't wrong, but it's about understanding what is my goal and which method is the blueprint that serves me to get there. And on top of that, what's your timeline, right? That's the other big thing that we brush up against with all of this is like, how quickly do you want to get somewhere? And if you really want to get somewhere quickly, that might mean getting rid of some of the resistance you have around what your usual is, if that is the thing that is keeping you stuck, insert any of the examples that you just described. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I want to be respectful of your time because I know you're a busy girl and we usually finish every episode with a little bit of a lightning round. So I'm going to mix it up and we're going to talk about food things. Maybe I'll throw some other Charlotte things in there. Um, talk about some fitness related things, but all fun questions to wrap up this episode. You ready? Let's do it. All right. If you could only do one exercise for the rest of your life, like one movement, what would it be? Easy. Lateral raises. Oh, nice. I never get anybody to say upper body stuff. Why oh, lateral always raises? Shoulders. shoulders. You like shoulders? Oh, yeah. That's cool. Everybody's always like deadlift or, you know, nothing wrong with that. But. Hard stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's I funny. mean, deadlifts would be a practical one because it would work more things, yeah. but nothing like a good shoulder pump to just have you feeling confident. Okay. I like it. Um, what it kind of same lines, but if you can only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would that be? This okay. is the toughest one, I think. This is the toughest one. I mean, my favorite food of all time is ice cream, so it's easy to go that route. But like, do you want to think of this practically, nutritionally? What you know? I think I'd probably, if I could only take a desert island food, it'd be ice cream. But if it was like a real food, not dessert, I'm gonna go sandwiches because that's pretty customizable. Okay. I like that. For your ice cream, like, do you, does it have to be from a specific place, brand? Yes. Cold Stone. Cold Stone. Because you can put all the things in it. And it's the creamiest. Yeah. Nice. I like that. That's awesome. So a little more on the educational side of things. Favorite podcast that you listen to or like maybe you've read a good book recently, like anything like that that you want to share with us. Maybe even mindset focused too, because I know that was something that you shared as a big pillar of your business. Yeah. Okay. Well, podcast, I have two I religiously listen to. One is going to be very related to this and educational. That's going to be Mind Pump. Love those guys. Uh, yeah, they're great. And then the second, uh, if there's any Bachelor fans here, I love The Vile Files. That's definitely my guilty pleasure. All right. Nice. Charlotte stuff. Absolute favorite restaurant in Charlotte. Ooh, this is a tough one. Uh, because I recently went, it's top of mind, but there's one near me called I say it wrong every time. Haberdish? Haberdish? Haberdish. Oh, that oh. place is so good. Their oh, mac and cheese is so good. I had their fried chicken and waffles last weekend. Nice. Oh and don't they have some kind of like sweet potato, like tots or like something like that? I need to go. I don't know. That. I haven't been there in a few years, but what? so good. Love that place. It's delicious. Very last question. 
if anybody could only take one thing away from this conversation today, if they walked away and they only got one point from it, what do you hope that might be? All right. Well, this will probably be a little bit of a long, maybe winded statement. As you guys can tell, I I like to talk a lot. This is good. Um, I think that the biggest point I just want to drive home is group fitness classes are not bad. They're not evil. I think they absolutely have a purpose. That purpose being for a lot of people, maybe it's that thing that gets them started. Right. And that is so important. If it gets you from doing nothing to caring about your health and fitness and moving your body again, amazing. I am so glad you found it. But as your journey goes on and your goals shift and it becomes maybe less about like, Hey, I just want to get into a good exercise routine. And now it's about, I want to do the best thing for my metabolism, my hormones. And I have these aesthetic goals, maybe like getting toned, being stronger, just realizing that it's, you may outgrow it. And while it served you once, just like we outgrow relationships, friendships, whatever things like it's just like that too. And your relationship with that group fitness class, it just may not be the right thing to serve you and your new goals anymore. So being okay, letting go of it and being okay with making changes, shifting to something new, giving something new a chance. And just like those group fitness classes served you at some point, allow the possibility for getting in the gym to serve you not only physically, but also could be also a new place for you to meet new people and have that sense of community again. Um, and so, yeah, I guess like on a very broad, broad level, that would be my biggest thing. Um, on a little bit more narrow level though, just also to hopefully people can take away the education from this and like, not just the fact that I'm saying, Hey, you know, group fitness is this and, and strength training can be this, but I want you to understand why and not just believe me for my word, but believe the science behind it. Amazing. Before we let you go, we want to stay connected with you and we will link all of this down in the show notes, but tell everybody where they can find you on social media and all that good stuff. Yeah. So on Instagram, I am Mal's Fit and Foods, M-A-L-S-S-F-I-T-N Foods. Um, I believe I'm the same on TikTok, but I need to get better at uh, posting there. But if you follow me, maybe it would encourage me to post more on there. There we go. Perfect. Well, this has been such a treat. It was so great to have you on the show. Definitely won't be a one and done interview. So love to have you back again and we can go so many directions and talk about so many different things. This was such a blast and I really appreciate it. And there's so much value in this conversation today. So I just want to acknowledge you for taking the time. I always tell my guests for how busy we can be on a day-to-day basis and having so many different things in our plate in our mind going off in a million directions. I love podcasting because my phone has literally been in do not disturb for over an hour and I can just like really, really dedicate my attention to one thing and learn so much too. And I appreciate you for making the time to do that. And I think it's really cool to have that opportunity to connect with people in a way that is really hard to have these days because there's so much coming at us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was also, I did the same thing. Super nice to have an hour of do not disturb. So it's been really, really fun. Well, thank you so much for anybody who's listening out there. You guys know the deal. Please go ahead, share this with somebody. If you found even one little tidbit in it that you think will make a difference in someone else's life, made a difference in your life. And if you want to stay connected with us on all things on the fitness fix side, you can follow me at the Krista Huber or at the pod over on Instagram. And always feel free to shoot us a DM. As you guys know, I am a group fitness instructor. I could go off on this topic for forever and we can help you kind of identify what areas make the most sense for you to focus on and help you build a plan that is specific to you. Because like Mallory said, this the best thing we can say is it depends. And that's also the most frustrating thing we can say sometimes, but that's where learning to get to know your body and really getting clear on what your goals and desires are makes the biggest difference. So from wherever you're listening from, have a wonderful rest of your day and we will catch you guys on the next episode.